Alright, welcome to Kicking It with, with B. Coles. It's been a while. I know last time I dropped the episode was probably like in April. No, it was probably March. I had a lot of schedule conflicts, but we're here now. I got a special guest slash co-host. Hold on, let me channel my, my inner sway. Uh, she's one of my favorite people. <laughs> uh, what I love about her is her drive. She's full of passion. She loves to have dialogue no matter if she's a, if she agrees with you or disagrees with you. Uh, doesn't matter the topic. She has her own social media outlet, Renee Around the Way, and one of the newest members of Wilkinsburg School Board. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Ashley Coleman. Hey! Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh... I'm excited to be here. That's what's up. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well... Um, I am, as you said, I started my own social media platform. I'm Renee Around the Way. I've had quite a history. Um, I'm a graduate of Clarion University. I am also an alumna of Woodland Hills for uh, high school, class of 2005. And um, I currently work at Highmark. That's my nine to five. And um, outside of work, I am out here trying to make my community better. So I am working on my blog, Renee Around the Way, which I focus on sharing um, current events, news, just updates about what we're doing in our our community. And when I say our community, I mean Black people, um, urban, um, people of color, whatever people go by. Um, I want to share good news about what brown people are doing. Um, We see enough on the mainstream news with, you know, crazy 45 in the White House and, you know, federally things in our country are in disarray. But I think what we have a responsibility to do is worry about ourselves and what we're doing and the work we're doing to make things better for our own communities. So. That's also why I ran for school board. Um, I live in Wilkinsburg. It's uh, it's home for me. My family is from this community. My parents are alumni of Wilkinsburg High School, um, middle school, their district to say. Um, my grandmother has lived here all of my life. I went to Turner Elementary School, so this community means something to me. I'm a newlywed, so I'm gonna have some babies soon, and I figured what better place to start than school board to make things better for my community. And um, I'm excited about what's to come. I've been connecting with some cool people, doing a lot of work, because this isn't just like out here just to say that I'm doing something, like it's literally work, constant conversation. Um, oh, and I'm also on a, a board. I'm a, on a nonprofit board, Anonymous List for Change. Um, we started doing these youth leader and justice summits where we um, want to go into our schools and have panel discussions with young men who are um, constantly being pushed into the school to prison pipeline. And we want to help to do work to alleviate that. Um, so that's been keeping me pretty busy. Um, right, I got a lot of things going on, but let's let's bring it let's bring it all the way back to uh to the <laughs> to Renee around the way. Um, I, okay. What um 
how far do you want to take or what's your expectations of the uh, social media news outlet? So big dreams is I want to be a news source. Um, I think people have their own freedom to share things that are going on that are happening right outside our door. Um, I also want to um, just be a place where we can share what we, you know, I want to share what we're doing, um, things that I come across, you know, things that I do within the city of Pittsburgh, you know, especially because this is where I'm at. And Pittsburgh is a place where um, a lot of people are doing a lot of work to change the perception of what you can do here. Um, and I want to help talk about that and being a, being an example of why we're choosing to stay, you know, what we're doing for our future, what we're offering to our communities. Um, there's just so much happening. I can't even, yeah. you know, I can't even begin to name it all. And one of the things you said, how you choose to stay, I remember what years, probably it was right before, it was before you got married. And, uh, I remember we, we had a conversation and, uh, you were saying like one of your, your thoughts or your, your dreams was to maybe move to Florida where I see you pumped your brakes. What made you mm -hmm. decide to pump your brakes and to get into local politi politics or in the Redford Wilkinsburg School Board? Um, that's exactly what pumped my brakes to Florida. Um, so initially what happened was that shooting on Franklin Avenue, uh, where the dude came up, shot up the backyard cookout. It was mm -hmm. like a random nice day. Um, that doesn't happen in Wilkinsburg, you know, like that's not this community, you know, we're not afraid to walk outside down the street and live. So when that happened, there was no voice. There was no representation. There was no, um, there was no proactive voice for Wilkinsburg and what this community is trying to do. Um, so, uh, Marita Garrett, who was running for mayor, I was, at church speaking to some friends and they were like, Ashley, there's a black girl running for mayor in Wilkinsburg. And I was like, what? So they connected me. I went to a meeting, her and I clicked, we talked. And next thing I knew I was running for school board. All right. For those who know, I know. So I, that's how that happened. For those who know, I know, I don't really know. Uh, I wish what are some of the main priorities or responsibilities of like holding a school board, school board position or like what, what does that allow you to do? Or you just getting into they, it? They, um, they're responsible for how your money is spent for your school district taxes. Okay. Um, they hire your faculty and staff and, um, the, organizations that want to come into your school and help. Um, they're responsible for um, keeping the lights on. Mm -hmm. You know, if the school board messes up your money, 
um, and the kids aren't going to school. I just went to our uh, the budget meeting. They had a budget meeting yesterday for the funds that we're receiving from the state, um, funds that are being cut federally, and um, how the money's being allocated. So um, what I think about is when we were in high school, the people who were on our school boards were our friends that we were in class with. It was their parents. Mm -hmm. So these kids today, unfortunately, don't have their parents sitting on school board. Um, there's not a lot of people our age in these positions dealing with current issues in the school. Um, so they need more voices and people to come out and show up and um, care about the kids. And if everybody runs, it's not going to get better. Um, right now, does Wilkinsburg, I mean, like the school system, they just have elementary and middle school, or is it just elementary schools? It's just elementary schools. So our elementary schools go from K through 6. Okay. So our kids don't go to, because we have the partnership with Pittsburgh Public, they don't go to Westinghouse until 7th grade. Um we have two elementary schools, about 500 students, um, and it's uh, it's got all the possibilities to be good elementary schools for you know parents in the neighborhood. It's so just, it's just odd because like you know, and in Woodland Hills, we were so different, like, or, like, I guess it's like that they switched to how everyone is now, but, like, when we were coming up, it was only K through three, then we had four through six, mm -hmm. then, yeah, then yeah. Se seven, through, uh, yeah. seven through nine, and it's like, and you got all yeah. these young kids at, at the high school, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, it's just, but, um, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you something that I seen, like, it's, it was real nice to see, um, I said, you know, we live in Richmond now, and um, I was watching the news, I want to say last week, either last week or two weeks ago, whenever all the colleges were graduating, and um, basically, what, what some of the Richmond school districts do, it's like whoever, like say for instance, um, you came up, you went to, uh, what's the elementary school in Wilkesburg, Kelly or Johnston? Kelly and Turner. Yeah, mm -hmm. Kelly and Turner, so my, my, my bad. If you you went to you went to Kelly, but you grad you you went on and graduated college. What they had they had a uh, a ceremony for all the all the kids who graduated college that went to the, to the, went that to that to I mean to that elementary school, and they had a ceremony. All the all the graduate all the graduates walked through the uh, hallway, and all the kids was there to congratulate them and uh, cheer them That's on. Nice. And, and it was like a you know it's it was um. It's, it's like a win-win because, a, a you know, kids at, you know, in certain neighborhoods, they get to see, you know, college graduates. And it was it was just a nice thing to see. I'm like, man, so many people need to, cool. need, to, need, to, need to do that. Like Wilkinsburg, Woodland yeah. Hills, because there's, so yeah. there's so many people doing great things, but they never, yeah. these kids never see that. Yeah. And, and that was, no, that's, that's it. That's the truth. I mean, and unfortunately, all that is is, is an idea mm -hmm. that someone showed up with and 
the the school executed. That takes nothing to have people come yeah. back to a school that they went to and show their face and nothing. I mean, I feel like we had those kind of things growing up. It wasn't like graduates coming back, but I feel like we always had an older classmate. Like when I was a cheerleader, the cheerleaders from the high school would come to the middle school during summer camp, you know, like things like just, just simple things like that. But, um, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other things that have to be paid attention to besides that as well. Um, I think those type of working are making sure you hire good superintendents and principals who can be good leaders within their schools to make those choices happen, you know, support PTAs and support um, after school, you know, extracurricular activities, yeah. things like that, you know, because um, those were all teachers that used to do those activities with us after school, you know, whoever we worked with. So, um it's it's a lot of inner workings with with the district um and it depends on who you are and what your perspective is within your community if you're retired have no kids all your kids are gone um single have no kids but you live here want wanting to purchase a home um whatever your situation is um it affects you so that's another thing people have to realize. Because I also talk about, you know, everyone doesn't have to be involved, but you should be engaged. Yeah. At least know what you're doing. You know, at least know someone to trust or know someone to ask a question to when it's time to vote, when it's time, you know, know someone you trust. If you don't feel like being involved, cool. Do you live your life? But know someone that you go to that poll, especially in a community like Wilkesburg, it's not big. So... Mm, I, it's a lot of engagement that I think should happen. And I don't want to be a lifetime politician. Y'all won't see me out here like on Team Max still out here rah-rah in somebody's face. Like other people need to be coming into it, you know, focusing on the kids. Yeah. Like how you said, the high school graduates come back. Everybody needs to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Outside of s- schools and, and you know, school board running, I know you've seen it. You had to see it. You part of the Beehive. What's your conspiracy theory about 444? Oh, I just posted it last night. Tyrese um, said something. That was my hope. <laughs> yeah, so Tyrese posted. I posted that on Renee Around the Way, uh, like, real quick after he posted it. So people should just follow me because I'd be on it. But um, he said that it's Beyonce's birthday, Jay-Z's birthday. Their wedding anniversary, four 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 duo album. That would be perfect to hold us over while she got to be a new mom. We can listen to the music, you know, get to know the lyrics, and then they'll do another tour. And they're on the run tour with all that, so it's perfect. So I would be the happiest Beehive member if she actually drops an album. Yeah, me and some of the fellas was talking about it yesterday on Facebook, and uh, probably in the daytime, and everybody was thinking it was just going to be a Hove album because you know Jay, he he's he signed that 200 mil deal. Then he's headlining Made in America. And I think he got some other tour, some other uh, dates lined up too. So the album got to be coming soon. June, July, 
something. He's been, he been doing some, like, you know, pieces, like some, some kind of, are you driving? Pieces, are you driving? All right. I'll call you. You come back? Okay. Sorry. Husband was leaving. <laughs> um, it sounds like Monica's calling in. Let me go ahead and, and pick up that. All right. Um, we got another guest, Miss Monica Harrison. Uh, she. How far we go back? We go back to. I don't even know how far we go back. Second, third, probably longer than that. We got family members that's close. Rankin was a small town. We all from we all from Woodland Hill, from the Woodland Hills district. Um, like I said, uh, you said you went to Shady Side in seventh grade. How how was that transition? I had, I matter of fact, I had two of your classmates that went to Shady Side on my last episode, Annie and Val. If you remember, okay. Val, yeah, I asked them the same question. How was that transition? You know, growing up, born in Woodland Hills, to making a switch over. Yeah, I switched definitely before them. They came um, at the senior high school. I went to Shadyside in seventh grade at the middle school when they first started letting girls into the school. So the middle school used to be all boys. And when I was in seventh grade, it was the first year they let girls in. It was a very interesting transition. Um, I learned a lot about myself and about people and about interpersonal skills very, very young on. Um, it's kind of just throw yourself into the fire. Um, but I'm grateful for it. It definitely taught me a lot. And I think, um, you know, I definitely credit my parents for making me stick it out and continue and, and really learn to, um, you know, mesh with all different types of people and get along with a lot, a lot of different types of people and see different viewpoints. It seemed like even though you went to Chase, it seemed like you were still around. I always remember you at different places. You still, you took one of my favorite pictures of all time. It's, it's top five because you went the one with me, you, Freeze, and Dawn McKinneywood. That's that's one of my favorite <laughs> pictures. You want to know why? why? That, that was my, my 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 only memory of a picture I got when me and my wife first met and we first rode together at Kennywood for the first time and we rode all night together. And that's that's like a that's like a, a forever memory that that I got just by that, that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but back to you Ambular. <laughs> uh softball at Shady Sad. You you started before you started playing softball before high school, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I played um growing I started playing softball when I was four. So growing up I played slow pitch and you know at, at um oh my gosh, what school is that in Swissville? The Dixon. The little the Dixon. field where, where we play yep, Dixon. Dixon, yeah, where we play, we play football on Thanksgiving Day all the time. Mm -hmm. So I used to play slow pitch there growing up, and then I didn't get introduced to fast pitch until I went to Shady Side, and that's when I really started to learn about fast pitch. Um, and pretty didn't get pretty much serious about it until about ninth grade, and that's when I really started to find the passion and you know playing it at, at Shady Side. I was on the JV team my freshman year, and then sophomore through senior year I was on the varsity team, and I played RBI softball with Mr. Rich and Mr. Charlie and all of them, um, you know, at the Rankin Field. So, like, what, 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 what grade did you figure out that you was you was getting pretty good, or you? Wasn't really until my senior year. I mean, I, I mean, I knew I was decent at it. Um, 
but I just did it. It was something fun, something to do. Um, you know, it's been in my blood. My mom and dad played softball. My dad used to coach my mom's team back in the day. So softball oh. is something I've always been around. Um, but then, you know, my senior year when I started getting recruiting calls, that's when I realized, like, wow, I actually might be pretty decent. So, that's cool. like, out of uh, what made you decide Butler? Or where other, where other schools was interested in you? Yeah, so Bowling Green, um, I was looking at Marshall, I was looking at some like NAI, NAIA schools were looking at me, um, but ultimately I decided Bucknell because yeah, I Bucknell, didn't I know if Butler. I wanted to play okay. golf. <laughs> yeah, get it right, Bucknell University. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't really decide Bucknell because of softball. I actually walked onto the softball team at Bucknell. Okay. Um, I figured... I was getting, you know, pretty good um, looks at bigger D1 schools, and I really wanted to go to a school that focused academically, um, and I figured if I was going to go, I could walk on somewhere. So I went to Bucknell for the academics, and I walked on to the softball team there. That's what's up. You walked on and still ended up being awesome. a, a four-year letterman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, it's it's quite funny. When I went to visit Bucknell, I went on like just a, a prospective student's visit. It had nothing to do with athletics. And I said, oh, let me just go try to enter, you know meet the softball coach and see what they're about. And she actually slammed the door in my face. She like wouldn't talk to me. Hmm. Um, the assistant coach decided to like pull me aside and talk to me a little bit. And I was like, all right, whatever. But I still love the school. Um, and then I went there and went back to her office and said, you know, I want to walk on and. The, the life of a walk-on is not easy at all. Um, definitely had to persevere a lot. Um, Annie's dad, Mr. Rich, helped me through a lot mentally um, in terms of kind of just getting through that. I had reconstructive shoulder surgery between my sophomore and junior year um, on my throwing shoulder. So definitely had its ups and downs. But, you know, senior year came in and just kind of became a captain, was in the lineup. I, I played every game my senior year. And I, again, blessed with the opportunity and wouldn't change anything for the world because I really learned about perseverance and standing up for yourself and hard work and, you know, Shane, lots of people from Willow Hills, Shane and everybody, um, you know, working out in the summers and making sure we were on our grind and come back in shape and everything. That's so cool. <laughs> you go, girl. Like, that is just like... You're strong, good girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I truly believe, and this is part of the reason why I love being in athletics, because I, I truly believe in its purest form, when you kind of do it the right way and you stay out of the politics and everything, soft, or sports, athletics, it's colorblind. What you put in is what you're going to get out. And mm -hmm. however hard you work for what you deserve, you'll get in its purest form. Now, I know there's definitely politics that get involved and this, that, and the third, but in its purest form, athletics is all about okay. what you put in is what you're going to get out. That is true. I do. I do. So I have, you know, a couple questions. I think mine will be more like womanly, you know, because I'm a oh. woman. And I just think what you're doing is, for one, it's inspiring. Like just your story alone, like. It's not an easy walk and everybody goes through their ups and downs, injuries, especially with sports. That's that's a the biggest risk that you take when you put yourself into sports. You can mm -hmm. one thing can happen and it can just take you out. So um, very admirable for 
making, you know, staying in it and pushing through. Um, so you're welcome as a black woman working your way up. Um, as you stated, you faced many obstacles. So what would you say made you stronger through all of that? You know, all throughout my career, um, I, I, I realized that I was always going to be a minority, right? I went to Shady Side, I was a minority. I went to Buck mm-hmm. Mel, I was a minority. Buck Mel is not very culturally diverse. It got mm-hmm. a lot better, and I, I love my university. Um, I was asked to be on their board of alumni. I did that for three years. Um, you know, when I went to Wall Street, I was a double minority being an African American and a woman. Uh, but I never really thought about being a minority. Um, I always think about just the fight to be the best. Um, it's all about finding yes. your work. It's about what you do. And to me, I, I I didn't want anybody to think I got something because of my color um, or I wasn't good enough or should be good enough because of my color. I, I didn't want anybody to look at me based off my race. I wanted you to look at me based off of the caliber of the work that I produce. And that's all I ever think about. And that's what I thought about mm-hmm. when I got this job. I never thought about, oh, well, you know, a black coach in softball or mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'm, I'm the first softball program coach in yes. program history at CMU. Yes. So this kind of leads into another question that I have because you mentioned being first. And I think reading the press release from CMU, that is what I loved about it because all it said was you were the first. So you were the first assistant coach at Arcadia and now you're the first softball coach at CMU. So you have a clear slate. You have no other, you have nothing else to worry about but doing what you need to do to make a successful program. So what are your plans to stand out? Yeah, I mean, being the first has its pros and cons, right? Pro, just like you said, there's nothing, I'm not, I'm not taking somebody else's team. I don't have to, you know, worry about will these other girls like me who were, you know, came for another coach or whatever. You know, but the con is, it is on me. If we don't succeed, it's on me. Um, and that's something I think about every day. So um, I haven't officially started for CMU yet, but I'm already out recruiting. Um, and so, w- again, what I put into it was what I'm going to get out of it. So, you know, my my thought process is just go with it with my full heart, my full passion, and, you know, get get some girls who are passionate about the game, who want to have that Division three balance of high academics and athletics and excelling in both because you can do both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can be a – you can go to a D1 school and you can sit behind some people as a freshman or you can come to a brand-new Division three program where you're going to get playing time and you can be a D3 All-American just like you could have been mm-hmm. a D1 All-American. You're talking about yeah. high, highly educated. Uh, yes. Man, yes. y'all admission rate. It's like 21%. I was looking at that. So how how you plan on recruiting? Then they got a whole high, such a high standard with the grades too. Yeah, and and that's one thing I like. You know, at Bucknell, it's it's a very high academic school as well, and that's where I came from when I first started my coaching career at Stevens Institute of Technology. It's one of the top engineering schools um, in the nation. They have high academics as well. Um, so I'm it's not something I'm I'm afraid of. It's something I've been around a lot. It's something I respect a lot. That's part of the reason why I wanted the the job at CMU. Um, it's just making sure you get out to the right people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you hit the recruiting circuit that has there's lots of um, honor camps 
Um, there's, there's academic camps. Um, so these are kids who are only invited to these camps to show what they have based off of their academics. And obviously they have high athletic skill as well. So just making sure you're getting out there, you know, there's other high academic schools that fight for players, MIT, Harvard. Um, our conference is ridiculous, um, both athletically and academically. So if they can do it, I can do it as well. So it's just making sure you're getting mm -hmm. in front of the right kids. And, and, you know, recruiting is about the relationship. And I'm a very open and honest person. What you see is what you get. So, you know, making sure I'm talking to the kids. First thing I need to know, what are your SAT scores? What are your ACT scores? What do you want to major in? If we don't have your major, I'm not going to sell you to the university because you have to want it academically first mm -hmm. and then athletically. So making sure that the school fits for you academically and then athletically. Mm -hmm. That's That's such a, I think that's such a, great um point for you to look at and the athletes that you're you're going for um and for you to have lived it makes it even more uh yeah, your resume moving. man I was you know at that, looking at their press yeah, release your resume is have, impeccable remind me of me sometimes yeah and <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's one thing I can tell, um, you know, over the years, that's one thing I've talked to recruits about is, you know, I've done it that, that way. There are, there are a lot of coaches out there who, who went to school for softball. Mm -hmm. I went to school for school and played softball on the side. And, you know, I went and worked on Wall Street. And I understand what it takes to, to excel academically and athletically to be able to get what you need to get your paper to graduate so that you can become a productive member of society. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do. That my program isn't, look, we're going to win. We're going to fight for a conference <laughs> championship. And it's going to be good. But yes. my other job is to make sure that I'm preparing you for the real world. So there's mm -hmm. going to be, I'm going to put you in tough and challenging situations. We're going to work on your interpersonal skills, your communicative skills. We're going to work on your writing skills. You're going to go to... You're going to have mandatory study halls through me. So there's definitely going to be a lot of other things outside of just softball that I'm going to be working with these girls. Mm -hmm. Girls are just want to come work and be on your program. That is <laughs> so you mentioned Wall Street a lot. What, what were you doing uh, working on Wall Street? Yeah, so I started in the um, graduate training program at UBS. Um, it's basically a two-year rotational program that kind of primes you for management. Um, after that, so I rotated every three months to a different um, management team within the firm. Um, and then after that, you kind of find out where you want to be, what type of division you want to work in. So after that, I worked on the training floor on the wealth management side for a couple years. And then I was asked to go over to the investment banking side and uh, be the business manager for an institutional equity group. Um, I did that for a couple years and kind of realized, like, all right, um, the markets, it's fun. I'm, I learned a lot. I'm, I'm having a lot of success, but I'm not really in love with it. So I decided to move over to the corporate side, and I was uh, part of the management team for communications and branding for the Americas division. So we ran all of the messaging that came out for the um, for the firm for the Americas division. So we covered the U.S., Latin America, and Canada. Um, and then after that, I did that for about two years, and I realized that the banking industry just wasn't my love and my passion. Um, met, met a lot of great people, had a lot of great relationships, had a lot of success, but... 
I, I didn't get jazzed up every morning to go to work. It wasn't something that I loved to do. And I was coaching on the side during that whole time. And that's what I really love to do. And the head coach at Stevens kept saying to me every year, like, you should look at doing this for real, like full time. And I'm like, yeah, nah. I mean, I was making a lot of money on Wall Street. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'll stay part time. Um, and then finally, I just kind of decided that, you know, for me, um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it was the right time to make the move to doing, I think, what what was my purpose, what I was called to do. You was you was working That's... there in the in the middle of in the middle of the, of the recession. What was a depression? But they they changed the definition to re- recession to, to keep people uh, mm-hmm. off right. off the edge. Yeah, I started I started in September of two thousand seven at the height of the housing market debacle and um, worked through some crazy things. I was there. Um, I don't know. So in February of two thousand eight, auction rate hit. I was on the front lines of auction rates we're working with, you know, senior people in our firm and the SEC when $316 billion kind of just dried up um, and people couldn't get their money. So we we're trying to figure out a solution. So yeah, I definitely got a lot of experience and worked through a lot of different market situations. It was a lot of fun. Um, I met two presidents. I met, um, you know, a lot of great people through a lot of the events that we had and, um, you know, I wouldn't change my past for anything, but it just, it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It taught you some things, I'm sure though. I mean, the things yeah. just even behind the scenes that you've had to deal with, um, I, it, you went through that for a reason and now you can just, like you said, you're spiritually, you are physically, you are in every way ready to start impacting young students' lives. I mean, a coach yeah. is ch- can change a student's life. Um, yeah. So coaches, we're that... educators. We're not just mm-hmm. coaching athletics. We're educators mm-hmm. as well. And, um, you know, my, my past history, I mean, that's part of the reason why I was able to get the job. You know, no, I did not have head coaching experience. Um, no, I did not have, you know, on the job in athletics experience of running a team, running a budget. But, I ran a multi-million dollar budget when I was at UBS, you know, I ran, um, you know, our P&L, I managed people when I was at UBS. So those transferable skills made me qualified for the job I'm doing now. Yeah, that's, that is, um, I'm excited. I'm going to be watching, um, CMU softball just cause I want to be like, yeah, she's winning. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 <laughs> I um so at your previous uh jobs you were coaching and you were on teams that won um conferences uh I don't know all the the softball technical you know differences with the the league but um what's your style to encourage and you've kind of explained this I feel like to encourage and prepare your teams for success yeah, um, I don't yell at my players. Um, I will yell for you. You make a diving catch, like I'm on top of the fence screaming for you. Um, I'm I'm a very young, energetic, fun coach. Um, you know, I am off my door, my phone, everything is open for my my players 24 seven. If you ever need anything, they know um, they know exactly where to come to. They know how to get a hold of me. Um, you know, but there also is a fine line at the end of the day, I am your coach. There are some things you cannot say to me. 
Um, you know, you can't tell me oh, I went out and got drunk that weekend or things like that. But, um, you know, we're definitely open conversation, open relationship. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very um, thought process driven coach. I want to know, like, if you made an error in the field, we're going to talk about it. Why did you make the error? What was your thought process around it? So then that way, if you're put in that situation again, you kind of know exactly. So I'm not going to yell at you and say, like, do this, do that. You need to understand why we do it and how we do it and why that play needed to develop that way so that you're when you're put in that situation again, you're the one out there thinking through it, not me. I'm in the dugout. I can't help you. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I coach. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and motivation-wise, it's, it's all about – it's all about pride, pride in work, pride in what you do. You know, when you're on the pitcher, you need to think that you're every pitch that you're throwing um, as a pitcher on the mound is your best pitch and no one can hit it. When you're in the outfield, nobody runs on you. If a girl's trying to take an extra base, you're going to throw them out. As a catcher, no one steals on you. That That's what I'm about. It's all about, like, I am the best when you step on that field and you kind of, if you don't feel that way, fake it till you make it that day. <laughs> so you're coming home you're the head coach for a cmu softball team um you're given an image to young girls in this city that are playing sports um social media is you know at everyone's fingertips so when people you know when the news came out about you uh getting the head coach job um it was all over my timeline when I woke up in the morning and it was so exciting just to see it, you know, like go girl. I was like, (laughs) we are there. There's just a lot happening within the city of Pittsburgh. That's exciting to see. Um, So uh, what advice would you share with those young girls who are working and playing sports and, you know, going to school to get good grades? What advice do you have for them going through life? The grind is worth it in the end. Um, you know, there are definitely, you're going to have your ups and your downs. You're you're going to go through a lot. People are just going to kind of throw things on your name. Um, you know, I, my, my biggest pieces of advice that I've learned through um, my career are um, all you have in this world is your name. And if you if you work hard and you put in the good effort and you do what you do and you do it the right way, um, people will respect you and people will remember you. Um, and that relationships are everything. I don't care where you go. Don't ever burn a bridge because life has a funny way of making you cross that bridge that you burned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the yeah. other thing is sometimes it's more about who you work for versus what you're doing. Um and especially as a, a, a budding young professional, whether you're an intern, um, you know, the job may not be the prettiest of jobs, but if you have the right type of management in front of you who is going to elevate you and put you out there and give you opportunities to fail um, and then help you through those failures, that's more important than you kind of, you know, working for a CEO, but all you're doing is taking notes in the back of the room. Yep. That's so, very true. Where are you at now? Where's Arcadia at? Arcadia is in Glenside, PA. It's like 20 minutes outside of Center City, Philly. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so you on the east I'm side. I'm not anymore. I, I ended employment with Arcadia on May 31st. So right now I'm just 
chilling with my my daughter and family and that's getting more, ready for the big move. That's much needed time though, especially like with her being so young. Much needed. Yeah. Because yeah. Mean, some mm-hmm. I know ladies where where I work at, like they only get six weeks and they got to come back. Like it's yeah, crazy, I only got man. six weeks as well. A baby shouldn't like you should at least get three three to six months. I think as as a woman. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I had six weeks, and then I came back, because I had her during softball season, so I had six weeks. I came back right in the middle of season, and but my husband had six weeks of paternity leave, so he did his six weeks right as I went back. So she had, you know, a lot of good bonding time at home with her parents. That's good. So how how y'all balance the the work-life balance, you know, with you being a coach and him? He's still, he's like, he worked his 12-hour shifts, right? He, um, no, he, he's a nurse, but yeah. he's, um, he's, uh, I think it's eight hours. He goes from like seven to like three thirty four o'clock. Okay, so, yeah. okay. um, it works well. We, we definitely make it work. It, um, I wouldn't have the success that I have without him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the one who actually pushed me to kind of go for the CMU job. Um, he's the one who pushed me to go for the Arcadia job. So, um, I definitely wouldn't be where I would be without him in my corner and kind of motivating me um and supporting me and you know he brings the baby to the games and he watches the baby when um you know I go out recruiting and things like that so we definitely have to be on top of time management and coordinating schedules and things like that um but we definitely make it work together that's cool my wife like when she she went back to work she worked she was a nurse but she just she's back in school now. She's in anesthesia school. But before she was she was a nurse. Okay. But uh, like and she was still on night shift, working seven at night to seven in the morning. So I used to keep the babies like all night, get them up in the morning. Well, I, I still do it now. So it's 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 always been a part of me where I know a lot of guys they they leave all that on a wife and they they see what they see what, what I'm doing. I said, man, I don't know if I could do all 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 the stuff you do, man. Oh, no, no, no. He, he helps out. He does, you know, um, you know, she's, I, I nurse her. So she, you know, in the middle of the night, it's me waking up because she's being nursed, mm-hmm. but you know, he'll, he'll say, okay, well, if you nurse her, then you can go right back to sleep. I'll birth her and put her back to sleep or I'll change her diaper in the middle of the night. So That's yeah, good. definitely. Look, I wouldn't be able to single moms are super women. Like yeah. they are superheroes. I, I, there is no way that I could do this without the support of my husband and family and my mother and mother-in-law. Um, they came up as soon as she was born to help out. I mean, there's no way I could do any of this without any of them. I say that mm-hmm. too, like, cause like I said, we're married with kids, but I'm like, I couldn't imagine just one person. Like, it's a lot for two people. Like, to be single, man, it's it's tough. Absolutely. Sorry, I have to move with you. I have to move with you. I'm also cooking dinner. Yeah, I'm not recording the screen no more, so you're good. Cool. Yeah, anything else to ask? No, I was going to say, you just wrapped it up. I was going to say, like Beyonce said, strong enough to bear the children and get back to business. Yeah. But shout out to your husband. Yeah, because that's awesome. Y'all, I always get a good dose of birth control, though. <laughs> you know, we're still wait. My husband and I are still waiting, so. Nothing wrong with that. But that's good, you know. 
that's good encouragement, the teamwork that y'all have. I, I feel confident that I'll have a good partner. That's 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 good. Well, if you talk to me 15, 20 years ago and said, hey, are you going to be married and have kids around, you know, in your early 30s? I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be this professional who's traveling the world. And, you know, God has a way of putting the right things and the right people in your life. Mm-hmm. And again, without him, I definitely wouldn't have been able to do this. So, um, you know, having him in my corner and us working together and doing all of this is the only reason why. You know, I'm able to do all of this. So I'm not. As, I'm nothing without you know him and get the support that we have together. Yes. Right. Good love. Anybody else got anything else to say? <laughs> no, this was cool. Yeah, I want to thank both of y'all. I for, love these kind of conversations. For, for coming on, coming on the show. This is gonna be a great show. Uh, congratulations again, Monica, on the first. Yes. Not not. The first, the first of, of CMU, the CMU, Carnegie Mellon, first head softball coach. That's, it's like, I don't know, I just get so excited when I see so many people that I know or grew up with just doing great things. There's so many of us, but a lot of people, like I had this conversation mm-hmm. with Udu, like, uh, it's like, there's so many people like Udu and everyone that's, that has like regular jobs that's successful in their trade, but the community really don't hear about it. All they hear about is the people in sports. It's like we need to mm-hmm. do – I know a lot of us aren't there, but a lot of us need to, I guess, assemble at least one time a year to, to, come, to come back to try to, you know, touch the community to show, hey, we came from the same place that you're at right now, and then you yeah. can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've been having yeah, con- and I- conversations with Kalita and Udu and, and other people to, to try to, you know, try to do something like I said. News reporter, lawyer, head football coach. I mean, head head, head football coach, mm-hmm. head softball coach. All all different types of. Uh, Monty's a boxer, professional boxer. There's so many of us from that neighborhood. You got Jay Russ, a professional comedian. There's just so many different things and so many different lanes that people are successful in that these kids need to see and and be touched. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely something I'm passionate about. Um, when I was at UBS, I organized a bunch of. Um, you know, events back at my alma mater um, to kind of talk to some of the minorities there to say like, hey, you know, I know that it seems like a struggle sometimes at the university because, you know, we are a minority and we don't utilize the resources as well as we should. But here's the things that I did to be successful. Here are the resources mm-hmm. that are available. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy to do the same thing. Um, it's grassroots. We get We get in the churches. You know, I don't know if we can do something with you know, yes. sophomores and juniors in high school, you know, at Woodland Hills, I don't have the connections at Woodland Hills because I left there. Mm-hmm. Shadyside, those kids know all that stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. happy well, you get, you have the connection at Woodland Hills, you get in there, I'll help you organize it, I'll be there, we'll do panels, um, you know, how, what is it like working on Wall Street and mm-hmm. going through college and what do you need to mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, I'm definitely very passionate about that. We're working because on it, I so I'm know. here, Somebody so you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you'll I'll be I'll definitely be reaching out because um there's a lot of work going on right now in Pittsburgh and when you come back to this side of town you'll you'll see it um cuz it you know you'll you'll be around it but um there's there's good work being done that's a good thing. There's yeah. good work being done. People are getting engaged so 
And like I said, this is I'm your excited. first time meeting Ashley. Ashley's the newest school board member of Wilkinsburg High School. I mean, Wilkinsburg School District, not high school. So she's, she's going to be more involved with different communities. And I mean, you know, with her community too. Working mm -hmm. with, with the yeah, absolutely. I mean, any anywhere I can help out. Congratulations on your post and your position. And if you need me for anything, you thank let me you. know. Thank you, thank you so much. Definitely, because like we said, these kids. I mean, all it takes is the simple, you know, action of exposure. Um, these kids yeah. want you know, to want to see things. They want to meet people. They want to know what options they have. And one person can't tell them that. So, look, we, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about kids this generation and being soft and being this, that, and the third. And um, there was a, a coach who, um, it was the, I think it was the South Carolina basketball, women's basketball coach, and he put it perfectly. It's not the kids who have changed. It's us who have changed. It's the adults. Kids, mm -hmm. kids' behavior is learned. And if we yes. aren't there to teach them, what are they learning? Mm -hmm. Yep. Especially yep. With, So with, if we're not there to teach them and set the standards, of course they're going to fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so it, yep. wasn't, it wasn't kids that made a participation trophies. It was the adults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> y'all get back to y'all nightly duties of cooking and whatever thank else you. i gotta get back to my kids right, they well, probably watching i don't know when they watch it downstairs but they quiet <laughs> i just want to say <laughs> like, There's yeah i just want to say congratulations <laughs> again to both of y'all like i said ashley on your new thank position you. and, and monica on your new position thank, thank you that's what's cool kicking it would be cold <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, B. All right, thanks.